Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following reflects neither the policies nor the thoughts of iHeartMedia or its employees. But we think it's probably a good idea to listen to it anyway. Money Sense is a presentation of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. As managing partners of Kirsten Wealth Management Group, your hosts, Dennis Kirsten, Brad Kirsten, and Kevin Kirsten, are professional financial advisors with LPL Financial with over 75 years of combined experience. They can be reached in their Perrysburg offices at 419-872-0067 or 800-875-1786. Their email address is kirstenwealth at lpl.com. Also, visit their website at kirstenwealth.com. Opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. And good morning and welcome to Money Sense. Brad Kirsten along with Kevin Kirsten here with you this morning, taping this show on Wednesday morning. Uh, so we'll, uh, at this point, market in the last week about flat on the on the, the week, but kind of in the middle of uh, earnings season here, maybe the start of, uh, still the, the start of earnings season. It's been pretty good for earnings. A lot of companies in the financial space this week uh, reporting and reporting good numbers. I think the, the, the expectation here for this earnings season, especially for the Dow components, is just... If, if you're not uh, making 737 max jets, your earnings are going to be pretty good. And the rest of the companies, that's the way it's it's played out. This week, Citibank. Uh, today, it was Bank of America. Uh, I think J.P. Morgan also on Monday morning reporting. All of them good numbers with the market up. Not surprising. Anybody who's managing money, uh, asset sizes are up over the last year. So fees and uh, trading activity all up. And with interest rates down, the initial reaction for earnings would be that loan volume is up. The amount of refinancing, the amount of loans going up initially. We'll see how that plays out for the rest of this year with lower interest rates. Does it affect the financials? And I think it it probably will. And the rest of this month, I think the talk will be, what will the Fed do? The rest of this week, it is, uh, what is Congress doing? Uh, They started the week off with, uh, we have to have a whole hearing to denounce presidents. Uh, statements. And that's that's important congressional hearings. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you denounce? Um, and uh, that that we spent a whole day on that. And now we're spending the last couple days on uh, Facebook's new cryptocurrency and uh, and grilling them on that. Uh, and and we'll, we'll give our opinions on the whole cryptocurrency space uh, later in the show. Well, I think there's always got to be a bad guy, right? Yeah. If there's no bad guy, then. If you're in Congress and you don't find a bad guy, it must be you. Well, not only that, Brad, but it, you're not doing your job. Yeah. If you don't find some kind of bad, because there has to be a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it was it was uh, you know bankers. Oh, yeah. the bankers, those yeah. evil bankers. And there's always this like caricature of a guy with a monocle. Yeah. The evil banker, the yeah. uh, the old uh, Mr. Potter. 
if you will, okay. from It's a Wonderful Life. I thought you were describing Mr. Peanut there for a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. The, the, Mr. Potter uh, from uh, It's a Wonderful Life was the evil banker, and they'd bring Jamie Dimon from yeah. J.P. Morgan up there, and they'd grill them. And they're not, they're yeah. not evil. No. They're not evil people. No. And then... You know, throughout the years we've gone through, and now it's technology. Yeah. They're the they're the Darth Vader right. of uh, of the. Oh, we had the, a whole era of big oil was the bad guy. They, big oil was the bad guy. So if you're the most successful sector in the U.S. economy, look out! They're going to parade you in front of Congress and and try to try to ask you questions that don't really make sense because they don't really understand what's going on. It, if you look through all of them, it's just success. I yes. Mean, and of course, but it's always a caricature. It was the the big uh, banker caricature. Then it was the big oil guy with the with the cowboy hat and the cowboy boots and they yeah. would they would go after him and he's he's greedy and evil. And now it's technology. And yeah. now they're greedy and evil. I don't know. It seems to me that everyone's for the most part doing their best. Yeah. And they're just trying to Come up with good products yes. that people want. And, and, and even on the political side, we have extremes, yes. But we have gotten to the point where if if you don't agree with somebody politically, you're you, evil. You don't even you can't even fathom why they think that. They must be trying to take down the country. Right. No, it's just that they have a different opinion about it. That's it. Okay. They're, you both think what you're doing is right. But I have one way of, of thinking it, uh, we should get it done, and the other side has a different one. It's not that they're trying to take the country down. It's just that, that they think it's better. There's two – There's two. It's, it's treason or patriotism. Yeah. And the, the Democrats think they're the patriots. Right. And Republicans are treasonous yeah. and vice versa. Yes. And now everyone's either a, a treasonist or a patriot. There's nothing in between. Oh, racist. We got the racist. Well, that too. too. Yeah. There's, uh, so, so if it, you're doing something treasonous, they're going to call you a racist – and but both it, it has gotten to that extreme. It's part of the reason looking ahead a year that we're probably pretty negative a year out on what this pre-election season is going to be, because I think it'll be uh, it, it, there will always be a reason for the media to say that it's bad for the economy, mainly because anything good for the economy is good for Trump's poll numbers. And they will talk down this market. I mean, I hate to tell everybody but there's no one decision. The, the the U.S. accounts listen to Freakonomics over the weekend uh, podcast, and they're talking about all these experiments they do, Brad, mm-hmm. experiments they do to try to study human behavior. And what they realize is how complicated it is and why so many experiments are done with animals on, on behavior. It was so much easier mm-hmm. because there's not any nuance with animal behavior. Right. They want food. They want to reproduce. That's it. But with human behavior, there's so much nuance that they could not really pinpoint one thing to say, that's why this happened. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true with the economy. People always want to pinpoint one thing. Or politics, they want to pinpoint one thing, good or bad. And it's almost like, you know, I always think back to, uh, uh, back to the future and uh, part two. If you will, okay. It's a little obscure here, okay. But Back to the Future Part Two, where Michael J. Fox changes one thing, yeah, and the whole world changes. Right. Yeah. He changes one little thing, and now Biff is basically what the he's, Kim, the he's Kim Donald Jong- Trump, or more, or worse. He yeah. was like the Kim Jong Il of America. Oh, almost, okay, okay. Right? I mean, <laughs> and, and, and all because Michael J. Fox. Left the the sports book, right? Okay, and then Biff became the casino mogul, right? I would make the argument. That no, there's not one thing you could change that would change everything. But people think that now. So yeah. that was that was going back in, back into the past. Now people think if we don't stop what's going on, mm-hmm. the world's going to explode. Yeah, no. it's the slippery slope. Yes, it's, it's and the, the the there are the slippery slope argument they take on, in Congress everywhere, um, and it is it is. 
it is not as slippery as they think it is. No, absolutely not. So everyone gets worked up about these things. And in our experience with the financial side of things, Brad, um, the most successful people I see, and there are books written about this too, Mm -hmm. are the people that treat their investments like watching the grass grow. Mm -hmm. They don't pay attention to anything. In fact, some people are purposely not paying attention. Yep. Some people are really not purposely paying Ignoring it. Some people are like, well, I just ignore it because I, I don't, I either don't know or don't understand or don't want to know. Yeah. And some people are are doing it that way. Yes. Some people are doing it because they're like, no, I understand. I know that doing nothing is the right thing. Right. It's like looking at a, at a putt on the golf course and say, I don't know if it's going to right or left. I'll hit it straight. Yeah. That's doing nothing with your investments if you don't know what to do. Yeah. yeah. You're not like, oh, it has to break. Right. No. Sometimes it doesn't break. Sometimes with investing, it's right down the middle. Hey, so before we, we get are. to that, I, I didn't know where I was going to get this in, but I'm going to read you a quote. We're talking about slippery slope. This would have been one where we said slippery slope, and actually the slippery slope might might come true. Okay. So I'm going to read you a quote. You tell me if you th- if you know what it's from, and uh, maybe we're going to prove that that maybe there was a a, a congressman that. Uh, that is a time traveler because he was predicting the future here. So I'm going to read you a quote, and you tell me if you know what comes next. And, and this was from a State of the Union address, uh, and I'm not going to tell you even the president. It said, there are those who claim that our reform efforts – I'm talking about health care here – our reform efforts will ensure illegal immigrants. This, too, is false. The reforms I'm proposing would not apply to those who are here illegally. And what followed? It was Joe Wilson saying, you lie. Right. It was the Joe Wilson you lie. I looked this up this week because somebody mentioned Joe Wilson being proven right every year. And with all the Democrats raising their hands, it says we will ensure illegal immigrants. It's proving that the slippery slope of having the government be involved with your health care was going to turn into illegal immigrants being uh, uh, Obama said illegal immigrants are not going to be covered. And now here we are. Six years later, and every Democrat is saying, we are going to ensure these illegal immigrants. And when Joe Wilson said, you lie, he was right. Not, Did, it didn't didn't they also have long. a hearing then to denounce Joe Wilson? We had to denounce Joe Wilson, even though right now, Joe Wilson is more right yeah. than all of those who denounced we him. We denounced him uh, at the time. And I, there there might have been a similar hearing to the one that just went on with uh, Trump to denounce Joe Wilson at yeah. the time. So, so Wilson's still in Congress, by the way. You know, and, and, you know, sometimes, Brad, and we'll get to the market here in a second, but the headline just just crossed on my phone here, um, and sometimes they just they keep going back to certain people. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to pick on one person, but I mean these are people making billions of dollars a year. Ray Dalio, okay, just headline: Gold is the top investment during an upcoming paradigm shift for global markets. Okay, well, okay. gold's never made any money, inflation adjusted. Yeah. In for, can I say forever? Is that fair? It's, it, it, going back close, to uh, close to forever. Yeah, going back to forever. Yeah, adjusted for inflation, never made any money. It's now, barely positive this year. Now, if you're going to call this show or write us a letter or an email and say no, from the year 2000 to I'm talking about the beginning of time yeah. because since the beginning of time, stocks have averaged. A very good percentage, yeah. depending on if you look at 1900 or 1800 or 1930 or 1950, it's all somewhere between the range of 6 and 10% a year. Depending- but Kevin, I can pinpoint a three-year period where gold beat. Yeah, well, not very many yeah. three-year periods. I can pinpoint a three-year period where the value of your house beat stocks. It doesn't yeah. mean that it wins over time. So Ray, Ray, Ray Dalio said gold's the best. Now, of course, we don't check these people's track records. He, by the way, runs the largest hedge fund in the world. Yeah, uh, We don't 
check their track records. Yeah. It's like Kirk Herbstreit coming out in a couple weeks and saying that Ohio State's going to win the national title. Ohio State loses the first two games, and Kirk Herbstreit will say, I think Michigan's going to win the national title. Yeah. And then they lose two games, and then you just get to keep changing your picks. Yeah, so that's or, what this is. Now that the market has gone up as much as it has... Everybody can come out with their their change of picks. By the way, Brad, you remember uh, January 26, 2018? Yeah. Well, where, where were we on the market? Uh, on uh, We were at the end of a 15-month run. Uh, the market was at uh, just over 2,900. I think it was 2,908 on the S&P 500. Hmm, and now wow. here we are. We've well, gone about 4% higher. So yeah. 18 months, we've only gone 4% in stocks. Yep. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We had... A 10% correction. We had a 20% correction. Pretty volatile stretch of time. Okay. What well, was Jan- Ray Dalio saying? Ray Dalio on January 26th, right when that volatile stretch started. Yes. The peak of the market, largest hedge fund in the world. He says, sitting on the sidelines and holding on to cash uh, may be a big financial mistake. We are in the Goldilocks period. Oh. Okay. Okay, so he's fully invested on the at the peak day. Right. Growth is good. Everything is good with a big jolt of stimulation coming from the tax laws. Uh, as well as the health of the U.S. market, as well as what he sees improving global climate. Oh. Okay? Uh, he says here, if if you're holding cash in the next few years, you're going to feel pretty stupid. What well, would have been a pretty good investment starting on January 20, 26, 2018? Well, it would have been cash. So because of his prediction on January 26, is everyone saying his goal prediction should be contrarian and it should be something we're avoiding? I, he said, I think a significant uh, rise in interest rates – Will will help out overall markets and interest rates actually went the exact. So all of his projections were actually, the opposite was true. I mean, one hundred and eighty degrees false. Yes. Okay. So um, now he's saying gold, and but is everybody saying we should do the opposite? Or are they saying this guy must be smart? Absolutely. And here's the largest hedge fund in the world. Uh, people might, you know, we we say it because it's in the headline, so people might bring it up to us. And now he's predicting gold. So I'll make a prediction. Pretty good chance this is actually the best time to sell it. Yeah, because maybe he's we're saying at, to buy we're at, maybe we're at peak gold since he was he led us to to believe we if, should if be buying. If you want to use with... anything, you could just go contrarian on some of these people, and it might work pretty good. Yeah. So, it, it, but you know what? These people make enough predictions that they can pinpoint one that's right. Right. It's just like you uh, you sent me a couple uh, months ago. You sent me one that was uh, a guy who um, I think he picked one of the World Series champs. Oh, to right. win, and, yes. he, and he had this big check. Yeah. And I, I, I did a little research online and found out that he made, like, 15 bets. How many teams are in the major leagues? It's got to be close to 30. Yeah. And yeah. I think he bet, like, half the teams to win. Yeah. So, so that, that he could have the big check as his advertisement. And then he used that so people would then buy his picks. Yeah. Investors are the same way. Yeah. They make enough picks yeah. so something is right. Yeah. And the reality Ten bold is, picks. If one's right, you can say, I called Here's it. Here's my article. I yes. called it. Yeah. So the reality is you shouldn't be making any picks. It should be based on your own personal situation, and it should be based on probabilities yep. over time. Let's take our first pause here, Kevin. We come back talk a little bit about the markets this week and what's, what's, what's left to expect for the rest of this month. But let, let's get into what I wrote down is things that don't matter to your portfolio. 
things you should, should ignore, things that people worry about that really don't matter. And I've got a list of five. We're going to talk about that for the second half of the show. Stick with us through the break. You're listening to Money Sense. Brad and Kevin Kirsten. We'll be right back. And welcome back. You're listening to Advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. Brad and Kevin here with you this morning. We, uh, we are kind of at a point in the market here where we've kind of hung out here for a week uh, with uh, the start of earnings, second quarter earnings starting, and looking pretty good. The expectations are really low for earnings. So I think it's a pretty low bar for all of these companies to hurdle. Uh, this week is financials. We're going to uh, next week get into a few tech companies, and I think uh, same thing. I, I think you're going to hear them uh, on their guidance kind of uh, – guide down a little bit for trade worries with the tech companies. But for overall, the I think the earnings are all going to be a beat on both the revenue and the earnings. And it's what we've seen this week with uh, earnings for the financial companies. Uh, but uh, the, 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 the rest of this week, I think we're, we're, you know, we're, we're going to continue to see uh, some, some Dow components report that'll, uh, I, I, I think, certainly beat until we get to Boeing, and they're definitely going to have a miss. Well, CSX had an interesting, the railroad company had an interesting report today. Um, they're down pretty big on the day. Now, take that with a grain of salt because the stock was up huge, okay? So, you know, sometimes it's, it's not the news, but it, it's where the stock has gone be- prior to the news. Um, so they did miss on their earnings and made some comments. Um, they say global and U.S. economic conditions have been unusual this year. have impacted our volumes. Uh, the present economic backdrop is, is actually quite puzzling, is what the CEO said. Um, they, are, they have a softer industrial uh, environment, uh, so it did disappoint on earnings uh, as a result of that. Uh, on the domestic utility side, volumes are down as, as compared to our expectations. Um, Merchandise slowing down a little bit. I mean, they're they're in railroads. You're shipping a lot of you know mm-hmm. industrial commodity type goods. So um, so they're you know citing the trade and tariffs and hoping for a resolution there. So you know that is something as of concern. But you look this morning, Brad, and so that's more the industrial and manufacturing side of things. Uh, the consumer numbers were really good this morning. So there is some push and pull there. Retail sales were very strong in June. Um, pushing the Atlanta Federal Reserve's model of second quarter GDP up um, 0.3%. So, you know, you're looking at supporting an outlook of two and a quarter to two and a half real GDP for uh, 2019. I think no, no matter what your sector is, there are the uh, the old and the new. Whether it's retail, it's old retail and new retail. It is old tech and new tech. You know, people are not going and shopping at Macy's. You go into a department store, it's empty. But they're going online and buying a company that just started this year's close. And uh, that is the big change, I think, in retail and technology. Well, I mean, energy and materials are the two biggest laggards on the S&P this year, Brad, and along with healthcare. Uh, But energy and materials go right to the types of things that CSX works with. Mm -hmm. Uh, So very, very important to their business. When you look on the retail side of things, the technology side of things, things are doing pretty well. So there is some push and pull, but a recession requires a pullback in GDP growth. Negative negative GDP for multiple quarters. Okay. What are we going to see? You know, we're, we're, we're going to see three percent. We're going to see a decline over the nearly three percent last year to in the twos. And you can't you almost can't find anybody anymore. At the start of the year you can find some some predictions that we're going to see 1.7, 1.8. But I think everybody's consensus is in the twos now right. uh, because of what we've already seen this year. It's been so, a little better. There's been an interesting question that's come up the last couple of weeks because the Fed is has indicated. In fact, just yesterday, Jerome Powell uh, said that global 
economic conditions have him concerned, which leads us to believe that he is going to cut uh, that that uh, rate decision is on July 31st. Um, and many people say, have we ever seen the Fed cut rates when the market's gone up like yeah. this? Yeah, how short-sighted the, the market, economists, everyone is about what the Fed has done because the Fed has not even just a few times. I think it's 17 times they have cut with with a market at highs. And if we're going to define that as within 2% of the all-time high, the Fed has cut 17 different times. And then the question would be, did they make a mistake? Did the did the market implode on those days? Now, we're cer- certainly on in every one of these 17 times starting from a much higher Fed funds rate. The only time the Fed funds rate was under 5 was 1992. Okay, and uh, twice in 1992 was it 3% and they cut. So, uh, take that with a little bit of grain of salt, but the stock market performance when the Fed cuts rate and the market is within 2% of its all-time high is actually Quite phenomenal. The one-year return has never been negative. All so seven, all seventeen positive. All seventeen positive, with the worst one-year return being three point two percent in nineteen ninety. Uh, the best being thirty-four point five in nineteen eighty-six. And by the way, every one of these periods is um, from ni- in, in the eighties and nineties. So the average return over that twelve-month period is fifteen percent, better than the average. Mm-hmm. In the long-term average, not that high. Uh, and so you're looking at. Various periods of time, there all the cuts were with either a quarter of a percent or a half a percent, and like like we said, uh, the market uh, was always within two percent of its all time highs when the Fed, when the cut happened, and the returns are are really quite good. Now, in some cases, like in the early eighties, the Fed funds rate was eleven mm-hmm. at the highest point sure. and was being cut by fifty point five percent. Uh, so you know, keep that in mind as well. But every single time the market was very close to a high, and the one-year returns were above average. You know, that's one thing we always point out, Brad. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes people will say, when this happens, the one-year return is six percent. Well, that actually means that that event is negatively, negative, yes. negatively correlated with the market. Here we're talking about a fifty percent better than the overall return. If the that's average is nine or ten, if the average is nine to ten on the market throughout time, okay. When you're comparing an event and seeing what the market response is, it's better or worse than 9 or 10. Yeah. One, one that we saw this year is when January is positive, the market uh, finishes the year positive 70% of the time. Oh, so exactly average? Yeah. Thanks. That's for th- not a story. Yeah. But in this case, when the Fed cuts rates, um, when the market's within an all-time uh, within 2% of an all-time high, it's quite positive. Now, here's, so, here's where I'm concerned, Brad. We have, what, uh, two weeks now yep. until this happens. Interest rates are pricing in a cut. The market is pricing in a cut. The market we has are rallied already significantly. Pricing in a cut. SP so, is up 21.1% year to date. If you get a cut, you're going to see no impact. Okay. Where market could go up or down a little bit. Doesn't matter. We've already priced it in, in interest rates and in the stock market. Well, it's not a guarantee that we cut. Right. So the best case scenario is we cut and we get no impact. The worst case scenario is we don't cut because we're significantly above the end of April high and the January of 18 high, and we're up a lot this year, and they could say we're going to delay it a little bit. As we always said, it's not the the news itself. Mm-hmm. It is, it's not good or bad news. The, the Fed cutting rates is good news, okay? It is better or worse news. Right. Okay? And since we're already pricing in a cut. Not only that, Brad, we're cu- pricing in Four cuts. Yeah. Okay. The market is pricing in four cuts to the Fed funds rate. If the Fed cuts on July 31st and then says we 
we are done or we're only going to cut one more time, the market will sell off. Because that's worse. That's worse. Uh, than expected. It's something different. So right. not good or bad, better or worse. And that's what's coming up for the Fed fund. And also the, cut. The, the performance of the S&P 500. Yeah. If if we and we're leveling off today, we're, we've been hitting all time highs here recently. We went down yesterday. We're leveling off here on Wednesday. Um, if the S and P goes up another five percent between now and the and, and the and the hike, I'd be concer- more concerned. That, if yep. it drops five percent, okay, they're cutting. They're, they're, then they're cutting. Yeah. And not only are they cutting, but the market response more than likely will be uh, a positive, a one. huge rally. Yeah, so yeah. you you have to look at what is being priced in. Right up until that day. Absolutely. Right up until that day. Well, I wrote down my things that don't matter to your portfolio. One of those is not a f- the the Fed. The Fed, what they do, how they stimulate, how they don't matters. Okay. It, there's the saying of don't fight the Fed. What they're talking about is when the Fed is cutting rates, it is stimulative to, to the market. It is a reason for people to move off the sidelines out of fixed income into stocks, and it does matter to the market. If, can they go too far? Yes. Did they go too far when they cut? Maybe one time too far. And they're taking that back. So that is not one of them. But when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about things. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. That people ask us about that I think do not matter. They're not, they don't matter now, and that I, some of them will never matter to the market. Well, I, I was also make the argument, Brad, that things that you can't do anything about don't matter. So even though we talk about the Fed funds rate and all these other things— you can't do anything about it, so just make a smart decision for the long term. But those are adjustments you can make to the portfolio. I'm going to talk about five things that not only can you do nothing about, but they don't matter to your portfolio at all. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Money Sense. Brad and Kevin Kirsten. We'll be right back. And welcome back. You're listening to the Advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group, Brad and Kevin. If you want to follow along on some of our market commentary this week about earnings, you can find it on our website, KirstenWealth.com. Kevin? Before the break, it's talking about things that we get asked about, uh, not just a little bit, but some things that we get asked about all the time and things that don't matter to your portfolio, things that people worry about and want to know what action they should take to their portfolio. So let's talk about some of those things. One thing, I think probably there's always uh, on average about once a year that this comes up, maybe once every 18 months, that does not matter to your portfolio and it's coming up now and it's debt ceiling. 
what about the debt ceiling? Should we get everything out of everything because of debt ceiling? Uh, no. The debt ceiling is is It's always been something that's It's always happened. been a thing, and it will always keep going up, and that's okay. It's just a function of a growing economy, and as long as the debt to the size of our economy is in a reasonable level, that's what matters. Mnuchin's trying to get a budget bill that includes two years' worth of debt ceiling increases in there, so we won't have to talk about it for two years, but certainly not something that matters to your portfolio, not something to stress about in retirement. Uh, number two here is... Social Security being changed for anyone over the age of 55. If you're 55 or older listening to this show, you don't, you don't, you don't need to worry about it. it is, there is no proposal that will ever – I don't even think there's a proposal that will get put together that would affect anybody I make the over the age even of – I think it's, it's more like 50 to 55. Yeah, but, it, but I would say 55 uh, and older, you're untouchable. There will never be anything even put front of Congress that would change anybody 55 or older. And if it did, it will never pass. So that is something we do not need to worry about. If you're preparing for retirement, you're within a few years of retirement, whatever your Social Security statement says, that's what you're going to get. They're not going to make a change to you. And whether you take it at 62 or you wait till 70, you're going to be the same. You don't have to take it at 62 to lock it in and make sure you're grandfathered. Your, your age and the, uh, is what matters, not whether you took it or not. And so there won't be a proposal. In our lifetimes, that will ever change anybody over the age of 55. You've already planned on it. They're going to keep it for you. They'll change it on everybody else, raising ages, raising income even, limits. Even if they raise ages, it'll be graduated, just like what Reagan did in the early 80s, yep. where there's bans of dates of birth, yes. where it's now instead of 67, it's yep. 68. Instead yep. of 69 and 70 and 70, it'll probably go all the way up to 75 at yep. some point. Moving on to number three, and this one we'll spend some time on, and it is potential congressional bills. And the reason I say we can't worry about the potential bills, there are some bills that might might change how we how we structure things, how the planning side of the retirement planning might change once we get a passed bill. And the reason I say that is the average, the long-term average for bills passed that are brought in front of Congress is 4%. The last 10 years the average is 3%, okay? Last year was was higher. It was 4%, but the prior three or four years were all right around 3%. That means that, and this year I think the number uh, of bills passed is 26. That means we're talking about 750 bills that got put front of Congress that did not pass. So if we were to have to worry about and plan and stress about all 750, if only 26 get passed, it is needless stress. It is interest on debt not due. It is it is something that we should not worry about. What we need to worry about is things that actually pass, and even those that pass that might affect you, there's usually a long runway for planning for those that might affect your retirement portfolio. So the reason I bring this one up is there is, again, another bill that might adjust some of the rules with IRAs. We talked about it last week, the SECURE Act. Um, and part of that is good, and part of it is not bad. It's just we're going to have to do some planning if it passes. Has it passed yet? No. But if it passes, there are two aspects to your IRAs. One good, and that is they're giving you more flexibility, two more years for your required distributions, bumping it out to age 72. So that's a good thing. You don't have to take money out of your IRA if you don't want to for two more years or a year and a half. And the bad is that— uh, You can the- also, by the way, as part of that— uh, there's no limit 
So if you're working, you're still working part-time, yep. there's no limit on how old you can yes. be and, and contribute to your IRA and still get that tax write-off. So currently, if you're, once you get to 70 and a half, you can't make an IRA contribution. Uh, they're going to take that that age limit away. If you if you work until the day you die, you can keep making IRA contributions. So I guess, yeah, two aspects of it are a good thing. The, the, the bad thing would be if you're a non-spouse beneficiary of an IRA and you're going to get an inherited or beneficiary IRA, they're going to tighten up some of those rules for being able to do a lifetime's worth of stretch IRAs. What do, what do we have to do? We'll just have to do a little extra planning. They might stretch it out to only 10 years, and we'll just have to do a little bit of planning. But here's it, the thing, It doesn't Brad. have to be a negative, though. Yeah, so it, there's no reason to stress about it. Your beneficiaries don't have to pay more taxes. There are things we can do. They don't have to only take it for 10 years. There are things we can do to stretch it out for a lifetime. You just have to do a little extra work, yeah. a little extra planning. Well, And as with any tax law or retirement law, and what, here's what congressmen always miss, Brad. They say, well, if we do this, we'll take in all these dollars. Yes. And they assume that – and they never – behavior doesn't change. They assume that behavior doesn't change. And, and there are so many things through careful financial planning that you can do, and we're going to give some examples in a second. But the Wall Street Journal editorial board is out here just lambasting this bill. And I'm not saying I think it's a good bill or a bad bill. It's just a bill. Yeah. It's just like we were saying at the beginning of the show. There's no good or bad. It just is. And – uh, the Wall Street Journal is just lambasting this, assuming that people are either not smart enough to plan accordingly and and saying, you know, they're saying, number one, 75% of all IRAs are liquidated within 10 years anyway. Yeah. Let's start with that. Yeah. Okay. So this is, a, then, this is the, the inherited IRAs. The inherited IRAs. And I can IRAs. say anecdotally, that's, that's probably the math that we would okay. see too. 25%, fine. 25% actually do the stretch and stick to it. Okay. So what they're saying is this provision is ignoring the other 25%. The rules on retirement savings constitute a social contract that should never be hastily broken. Uh, As Social Security and Medicare slink towards insolvency, Congress is tempted to fiddle with the laws of 401ks and IRAs. It's a way for lawmakers to gin up revenue, which I'll make the argument they won't. They they will will see no While pretending they aren't raising taxes. Uh, The political class wants more control over Americans' individual retirement savings and investments. It has... The, the SECURE Act has useful elements, but the Senate should find a different way to pay for it. S- speeding up taxes on heirs is a bad precedent. By all means, Americans should keep paying into their retirement plans, but this passes Congress if they want to start sharpening their pitchfork. You know, some things that I see, I mean, this is the Wall Street Journal editorial board. Yeah. S- smart people. How about this one, Brad? Uh, they're talking about the provisions here, and one of the provisions here is no penalty on a $5,000 withdrawal. If you have a child or adopt a child, fine. I don't have an issue with that. You talked about the um, the seventy and a half going to seventy two, being able to contribute past the age of seventy. Uh, but the one big thing that everyone's afraid of is this adjustment post death, right? Not post death to your spouse. Now, what's interesting to me, and you know, put this under the category of the, they don't either don't know what they're talking about or it was just unclear. They said um, wh- one thing that the, that they're saying is that spouses would not be forced to do anything under that 10-year rule. Well, that does that's no change. Right. That's not new. Right. But the way they put that in this article is they say uh, under the Secure Act, surviving spouses would still would not, they don't say still. Surviving spouses would be exempt from the accelerated payout. Well, there's they, a reason why. A spouse doesn't have to make it a beneficiary IRA. A spouse can can roll it into their own IRA. But here's why I think this comment is ridiculous, Brad. Spouses have always been exempt yeah. from the accelerated payout. Yeah. So there's no change there. Right. 
Yeah, if you inherit your spouse's IRA and you're 65 years old, you know how much you have to take out as a requirement? None. The same. The same. It, the same that you would have had to have taken out if, for it's your own. Your, if it's your own. So those spouses inheriting the IRA actually get a benefit because they can now push it out to age 72 if they don't want to take the money out. Let's talk about a couple of reasons why it doesn't matter and you can just plan for it. And First, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, okay. before you get into deep math here, we're just going to talk about simply. You're retired and you you're, – you're, you're, Father dies and, and you get his, the non-spouse beneficiary IRA, okay? And you're 62 years old. And you have your own IRA and you were going to start taking money out of it. But now you get this inherited IRA and you're 62. And by the time you're 72, you have to liquidate that IRA. Well, are we going to take withdrawals out of both IRAs? Probably not. If you do, you're not doing the extra planning you have to do. Which one are we going to withdraw first? The beneficiary IRA, the inherited IRA. Between 62 and 72, let's go ahead and liquidate that. And that's what we'll use for our first retirement spending. And the other one, we'll wait till 72. So do you have a difference there? No. You just withdraw one versus the other. But the ones that everybody are worried about are the ones, the 25% that actually want to stretch it out. Now, who would those people be? Would they be people who are retired and spending money? Probably not. They're the people who are working. They are the younger people that inherit it that say, okay, I'm 45 and I don't really need this money until I'm 65. I'll just go ahead and take the absolute minimum and stretch it out for a lifetime. So we've, we've had some people bring this up that they're concerned about their, their children inheriting it because if it's an accelerated 10-year payout, they're going to have a larger tax bill they're working. than they're wanting to. Now, the first thing I ask everybody who brings that up is, is your child currently maxing out their own 401k? Yeah. And the answer is always no. Right. Okay. They're either not participating at all or not doing very much. You can do 25000 this now, year. Now, if you're so. 50 years old yep. and older, you can do 25000 According to Fidelity, Brad, 9% of workers do the max into their 401k. Mm-hmm. Less than 1 in 10 mm-hmm. do the max. Yep. So if you're inheriting an IRA and you're in your 50s, yep. And you're going to have this accelerated. Let's say you inherit a $250,000 IRA. Make it easy math. Okay. And you're currently not even participating in your 401k. Yep. Well, 10 divided by 10, that's $25,000 a year of extra income. Yep. Okay? You're not participating in your 401k. You can now take your current 401k, max it out to the tune of 25000 And all you did was move money for the inherited IRA into, into your, your own. own retirement plan. And you are in the same position and that in you this would case, have been, Brad, this is and where have we, zero tax liability. And this is with some careful planning, sitting down with a financial advisor like us, where you can say, well, wait a minute, I have no additional tax liability in this situation. And by the way, this is certainly another example where the government won't get any extra money. No, they won't get any <laughs> extra money. Whether it's uh, what I talked about, you're taking it from one IRA instead of another, or you're increasing your retirement contributions, so you have zero tax liability. You're no if you're wor- self-employed, by the way, and you inherit an IRA, you could open up an individual 401k or a SEP IRA and contribute even more. Yeah. You could do fifty, sixty thousand dollars if you happen to inherit an even larger IRA. So this is one simple thing. And we're not going to go into all the things that you could do if and when this law passes. But the Wall Street Journal is is, is sound- titling an article, they're coming for your IRA. Yeah, the article title is IRAs in Political Sites. And there are always careful planning strategies, both on the investment side and tax side, that you can do to reduce that burden or maybe even eliminate it altogether. So the reason that you shouldn't worry about even past bills, uh, ones that actually get through Congress and become a law, let alone potential bills, because only 
4% actually become a law that will even affect you. And so let's not Which, worry about the other 750 in a year Which, that get way, presented. If you're in your 60s today, husband and wife, there's a good chance that the one of you is living into your 90s, okay? Yep. There's a very good chance of that. That is almost 30 years later. Yeah. Do you think that whatever change they make today won't be tweaked in 30 years? Well, even this 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 bill, potential bill that could get passed, isn't even going to start until 2025. So let's let's worry about it when we have to worry about it, and let's just do a little bit of planning so that you have no effect. Let's take our last pause here and come back and talk about a few more things that don't matter to your portfolio and you should ignore and, and move on to the real stuff that matters to the portfolio when you're making your adjustments. You're listening to Money Sense. Brad and Kevin Kirsten. We'll be right back. And we're back. You're listening to Money Sense. Kevin and Brad Kirsten. If you want to contact us throughout the week, uh, call us at our office in Perrysburg, 419-872-0067, or check us out online, kirstenwealth.com. Brad, we're talking about the SECURE Act. Wall Street Journal editorial board uh, put out a headline uh, this week, IRAs and political sites. I, I, I don't like it when news organizations try to get people into panic mode. Um, and we were Scare just talking, you into doing something to your portfolio that could have you know, a with big some, bill for it. With some careful planning. And by the way, this doesn't necessarily mean you have to do anything. Yeah. Most of what we're talking about is careful planning that your children can do after they inherit it. Okay, And like I said before, if you're in your 60s, if, you, if your kids aren't going to inherit this money for 25 or 30 years, chances are there's going to be another change. So what, what could you be doing here that might be detrimental to you? For something that might not even be a law by the time you die. And what we see is sometimes people are doing things on something they think might happen. Yeah. Even if that might is an extremely low, extraordinarily low probability. Right. So let's talk about a couple of things that we hear that people are scared of that we don't think will ever happen. One thing that I hear, let's start off, is that, number one, this is this is one I've heard multiple times. Well, they're just going to go in and start confiscating IRAs of 401ks. No. Never going to happen. No. Okay? So don't ever worry about that. Uh, just it, actually confiscating the money. I have actually yeah. heard multiple yeah. people that say if that. if I'm above a certain number, they're going to just take it. Yeah. yeah. No. Not okay? going to happen. They're, they're never going to tax it more than the ordinary income rate. It's not possible. Right. You have to make up a new yeah. rate. That's not, it's yeah. never going to happen. And, it's, and, you're, and you're, in terms of your non-retirement accounts, your original principal is never going to be taxed. It's always going to be... The gains, gains yes. on the non-retirement stuff. So okay. another one is Roth IRAs. That we've done this Roth IRAs, I've converted this Roth IRA. I've had all this growth. Yep, and they're going to just make the Roth IRA the same as the regular IRA. And well, the- that's not going to happen. Any change to Roth IRA will be for new IRA, Roth IRAs, Only. or they just might not allow it anymore. We're not going to allow conversions. We're not going to allow uh, contributions into Roth. We're just not going to allow it. That might happen. But what won't happen is all your existing Roth IRAs suddenly being taxable. It's not even feasible. Yeah. It, logistically, they couldn't even do it. They'd have to separate out principal and growth. That money that's in a Roth IRA, by the way, the principal of, that you put in, has already been taxed. Right. So, okay? so, so distributions out of that can't be taxed. You've already been taxed on So what they would have to do, Brad, let's just talk about the feasibility of this. They'd have to go to each person in the Roth IRA and say, we are no longer doing a Roth IRA, which, like you said, they could do for new people. Yeah. But we are no longer doing the Roth IRA. So what we're going to do is we're going to change your Roth from a Roth to a traditional. Okay, Then we're going to go and we're going to give you a tax write-off in each year you made a contribution to that Roth. Mm. And you're going to have to go back and refile possibly 20 years of tax returns. Mm-hmm. And because if they're Now we're going to give you a deduction instead of a contribution. Exactly. 
And then they could tax the whole thing. For what? What would be the point? They would actually lose money in that case. They let people do 20 years of redone tax. It's it's ridiculous. So don't ever think about that. Now, the other thing is people say, well, I don't want my kids to pay this tax when I pass away on my traditional IRA. So I'm just going to liquidate all my IRAs and pay the tax. Well, that's just you paying it instead of them. Somebody's still paying. Right. But the argument would be if I put it into a non-retirement account, they'll get the step up in cost basis and then – Nobody will pay the tax on those gains. Let's just assume that dividends and capital gains along the way are a, are a moot point. Well, that's something that they could do. In fact, they could take away, and I think in our lifetimes they will take away the step up in the cost provision basis. that gives you a step up in cost basis. Meaning, it actually doesn't make any sense, quite right. frankly. Your non-retirement assets—you paid, uh, you know, uh, you put a thousand dollars into a stock, and it's worth ten thousand, and on the day you die. The date of death value of ten thousand is what the new principle is for the person to inherit it. Nobody pays the tax on a nine thousand dollar gain. That probably will go away in our lifetimes. That's is there something to worry about? No, because there's not anything you well, can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. It's going to go away. Is there is there a bunch of movement we should do? No, because if you do it beforehand, it, you're going to have to pay the tax. Should you sell all your stocks now if that, that are at a gain as, for the on, off chance, chance that it happens? No, no. no. But should you also uh, sell all of your IRAs to move it into a non-retirement so that your kids can get a step up in basis? No, because what what might happen before you die? They might go back on the Secure Act and say, you know what, we're going to allow you to do the stretch IRA again. And what did you do? You liquidated your IRA, put it into something for a step up that now is gone. You can't go back to the IRA, so yep. let's just worry about it when it's time to worry about but it. But I do think – I mean the step-up in basis thing, Brad, is a strange thing because you have an investment that's made money. And if – you know, I could make the argument for no capital gains tax, yep. okay? And I, and I think we should not have one. But if we do have one, why do people inherit something, avoid it, when people who live are living don't, don't pay it? Don't pay it, yeah. And in fact, politically, it's so easy to do because you're taking people who are getting – inherited money that they didn't even expect. And, and they just get, get a little less. And they just get a little less. So they, right. it, it, it's an easy thing to do. Now, the Roth IRA, some of the things that we mapped out there, they, they can't go back and change the rules on that. Step up in basis on non-retirement, you can't. So if you're going to employ some kind of strategy, which I don't think people should do anything as a result of this SECURE Act that we're talking yeah. about, but if you're going to employ some, let's say you have all the money you need, pensions, you got a good pension, yeah. you don't really need your IRA. Okay. Okay. Yep. And you're 65 years old, and you don't really need your IRA. Yep. And you're saying, I, I know I'm going to pay the tax, but if I have a $500,000 IRA that I think will be worth a million five when I die, okay, and your kids are going to owe tax on the million five, you could maybe make the argument if you don't need the money. By mm-hmm. the way, if yep. you aren't going to live on this money, right. that if you converted to a Roth over a few years now, that you would have growth mm-hmm. that would then go to your children tax-free, that would be a scenario. But what percentage of people have a large-sum IRA that they don't need? Right. Not a ton. Right. Okay? And by the way, it's either you paying the tax or your children. There's no avoidance here. Right. It's either or. But if you really want to be a nice parent and you want to give your kids something tax-free, then you can make the argument because if you're only 65 today, you might have 20, 25 years of growth still left. Yep. And so – you know, so, you're, that, so you're saying do nothing based on this potential bill, or you could convert to a Roth if you don't need the money. But 
If you're going to convert to a Roth and then you need money out, well, that did you no good. It did you no good. All you did was pay tax earlier than you needed it. That's right. So, what percentage of people? It's probably pretty low. Just like we said with the 401ks, one good strategy if you inherit an IRA and have this accelerated payout would be maxing out. There's only nine percent currently maxing out. Yeah. So most people are not maxing out. Right. So it just there are strategies you can put together. Uh, there's. HSAs people probably aren't maxing out. That's yep. another source that yep. people can put into. So uh, many, all of these are exactly. just a little extra playing the reason not to worry about. Let's get into my last two here before we get to the end of the show not to worry about. The demographics of the economy and how boomers are retiring at such a rapid rate and they're going to start withdrawing money out of IRAs and that's going to implode the market. Not something to worry about because the demographics – are in favor of the stock market. We have boomers' kids are a bigger demographic, and they are in the peak earning years, and they're starting to be investors where they weren't 10 years ago. The last one that we're starting to hear a lot about this this week is cryptocurrencies. And the fear is, do these cryptocurrencies are going to replace the dollar? Not in our lifetimes. There is not going to be a Bitcoin instead of dollars. All of it is tied to the dollar currently. How much is the Bitcoin worth? Oh, it's worth $18,000. That's how you know that it's not going to replace it. We don't even know what it's worth unless we have a dollar. And so now Facebook— How do I get something for my Bitcoin, Brad? What? Oh, I I sell it $4. Oh, okay. Well, then why do we need the Bitcoin? I never turn on the TV— You're replacing a problem that is not a problem. I never turn on the TV and see how much Bitcoin's worth in yen. No No. one ever says that. No, or Bitcoin (laughs) and Bitcoin. So Facebook's going to start a new cryptocurrency just to get into it. Uh, You know, it it is— it is something certainly not to worry about with your portfolios, and don't make any changes on it, and certainly don't buy it. We'll probably talk in future shows about why it is It is something certainly to avoid. It is pure speculation and gambling. Don't even look at well, it. Well, and by the way, this Secure Act that we've been talking about for two shows is not done yet, okay? And it's not through the Senate, so we got to keep following it in future we'll shows. We'll talk more and- about it in future shows. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Money Sense, brought to you each week by Kirsten Wealth Management Group. To contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin professionally, call 419-872-0067 or 800-875-1786. Their email address is kirstenwealth at lpl.com, and their website is kirstenwealth.com. Opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.